And now on this episode of Miami Miked Up, I'm pleased to welcome back Braxton Garrett, one of our podcast uh, guests last year, had a really fun, lengthy interview you guys should go listen to there. But Brax, excited to have you back in particular uh, because I don't even have to ask you what's recently brought you joy. I know what it is. You recently got engaged. I did. Uh, The pictures are tremendous. Uh, it looked like it was really perfect. So I want to hear. I want to hear all the details. I want to hear how this went down. I want to hear how you set up the pictures. Uh, I got to hear everything about it. Um, yeah, it, it went perfect. And congratulations! By Thank the way. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, it went great. Um, I think. I think what kind of worked to my benefit in keeping it a secret is I think my girlfriend might have thought it was coming a little earlier, Ooh, and at okay. this point. She was like, oh, I don't even know if he's going to do it now. Mm-hmm. So I, I hit her right at the right time. Perfect. Um, but I rented a little house in West Palm. I had a ton of help um, from her friend Mackenzie. Cool. My fiance now, her name's Chloe. Okay. Um, her friend Mackenzie, we bought some florals, set it up real pretty, um, made up some excuse. We were going to dinner, dressed nice, and we are having some of my friends. I was picking them up there. Perfect. And kind of just beat her in, and I told her to come in through the back, you know, and right. just did it all, and it was great. That sounds amazing. It all amazing. worked out. We surprised her with her family and my family. It was it was beautiful. Oh man, so yeah. you got to have the whole family around too. How wonderful yep. is that? That's yep. awesome. Yep. Nothing nothing like that moment. I'm just recently married myself, so I, I remember the engagement quite quite fondly and, and quite vividly. So it's really special. Well, that's good. awesome. It sounds like that was a really good part of your off season. Yes. Um, the rest of this off season, what what were the things that you were working on most, um, whether it was physically or mentally, to kind of take your game to the next level after what was really obviously a career year for you last year? Mostly, you know, when I talked to Mel, kind of going into the off season, he he never, you know, as you said, obviously off a good year, he doesn't want me to try and change anything. He just wants to refine and sharpen and. That's kind of what was my mentality going in, other than I always want to get stronger and stronger the best I can, you know, other than not big and buff, but you know what I mean. Um, Always trying to get stronger, more explosive, and maybe a little more stable on that front leg, things like that, little little things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, and just keeping myself around great people, staying happy, eating good, Yeah. yeah, things like that. Well, I know, Actually, let's let's stick with the pitching for a second, and then I'll get to to some of that because this will be a season without Sandy Alcantara. Um, obviously, you guys dealt with that in spurts throughout last year when Sandy missed some time. But for you, Jesus, Yuri, Trevor, all these guys, what's the mentality shift when you know going into a season we don't have Sandy, the guy who traditionally has been our bulldog, eating up a ton of innings uh, for this staff. Yeah, it's cliche, but you know, it's next man up. And now I don't think any of us hold ourselves to Sandy expectations, at least not at this point in our career, that being 220 innings and, you know, things like that. But what Sandy's done just culturally the last couple years, you know, we get to see him every day. You know, you guys see him on, on the field, you know, working really hard, trying to eat every inning. But the next day he's in the gym working out for three hours. Right. It's crazy. So just the example that he's set and kind of just the the pitching culture with within our staff, we take pride in it and we we for we don't try and replicate it, but we try and, you know, do very similar things. We work as hard, keep the same mentality and, and 
just be a bulldog, you know, yeah, and the how, best we can. How can you use him as a resource? You know, when he's not out there, what are the types of things that you're normally asking him about trying to pick his mind? What are those, what are those conversations like? You know, most of what I've learned from Sandy is watching him, most of it. But what he does well, uh, and you can have a conversation with him about maybe is getting through innings maybe a little quicker. He throws, you know, 98 to 100, but he's not trying to punch guys out all the time. He's He wants to pitch every inning. That's his goal. No mm -hmm. matter if he strikes out two or he strikes out 13, that's what he wants to do. So I try and take that mentality and also, he's taken such good care of his body for so yeah. long. You know, Tommy John is what it is. Um, right, that's that's very different than right. it, when it comes to taking care of your body. Like, oh, it's not like, oh, Sandy wasn't working hard right. with Tommy John. Right. It just happened. It's unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, just learning to take care of our body and maybe some recovery tips, you know, kind of things he does in between starts to maybe be a little fresher come start day. Well, that's, that's perfect for you as you head into a year here where I imagine your goal is... 170, 180, 200 innings as you go out there and try to take yourself to that level. So it feels like every year before this one, you're coming into spring training, sort of just competing for a spot, trying to find a place in the rotation, maybe going to work as a swing guy. We talked last year about how much your confidence was built and being able to get a number of starts back to back. So coming into this spring, being in a position where I know your view is, hey, I still got to go compete for a spot in that rotation. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of good pitchers here. But to have that comfort level of, I just came off of a really good season. Now I can head into spring just trying to be the best I can be as opposed to trying to beat anybody else out. How does that change for you? Sure. Um, it, the motivation is still always there, as you said. You know, we always want to stay competing, you know. I get to work out with Jesus basically every day right. and, you know, just getting to see him do all that, it, it, it creates motivation going in no matter what. Um, but it's just the nature of how hard this game is. Um, maybe I have a spot, maybe I don't, but either way, this game is really hard and I can't think just what I did last year is just going to carry over. I, I'm one of those who almost gets anxiety thinking, that I'm not getting any better because one, I'm lucky where I get to work out with a lot of high-level baseball players who are at a much more advanced part of their career, mm -hmm. have done a lot more than me, and they work just as hard as a guy who's trying to make the squad. So that keeps motivation and just the advice from them and just knowing how hard this game is. I love that mentality because I think that that's really what's important to kind of continue to take you to that next level, not really resting on, hey, all right, I did it. Right. You know, it's it's all right. I've I've done it, and now I want to get myself to this level and that level and that level and that level. And you mentioned working out so often with Jesus. You know, it's really cool seeing you guys during the off season on social media, where it's like you guys and Nick Fortes and everybody's hanging out. So, w what's your sort of favorite thing that you got to do with with any of your teammates this off season? I'd say f for me, it was we got to go to the Panthers game. Yeah, and we beat the drum before. Oh, yeah, right. I'd never. I hadn't. I've been to only one Panthers game, I think, before that, and uh -huh. I wasn't there in time to see that. I didn't even know anything about it. Right. And then we get there, and they're like, "Brax, you're beating the drum." <laughs> so I was really nervous. You should, you can ask him. I was like, "How do I beat it? Like, is there a is there a you know rhythm to right. it?" And they're telling me all this stuff, but 
it ended up I had the easiest job. It was so much fun. And then the other guys are just like standing there, standing aw- there awkwardly, awkwardly like, at everybody. like clapping, <laughs> doing, and I'm sitting there just beating the drum. I'm sure we'll be able to pull up the video of it. That yeah. sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah, and then we had all our significant others were in our box just uh-huh. looking down. It Probably was, cracking was, up at yeah. how awkward you guys were. It was great. But yeah, I was really nervous until I started hitting the drum. It was that a sounds lot of amazing. Fun. Well well, you know, being able to have those those friendships with these guys, do you think that that does, you know, provide some sort of benefit on the field? In particular, you know, working with another pitcher and your catcher in Nick Fortez, being able to yeah. kind of have that bond that's not just the professional bond of hey, we're out here working. Yeah, no, it's great. It, it makes things a lot easier. It makes conversations just in general a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um I know, you know, Nick being my catcher and I know I'm on a, you know, personal level. Right. I know how to approach him and how to speak to him and I, to try and get the best out of him. Not that I coach him all the no, time, but probably but vice versa sure, with you yeah. as well and mound visits yeah. in situations like that. Catchers just have the toughest job because when they're, they're thinking about hitting and getting a hit and then say nick strikes out on three pitches sometimes right. he sits on the bench and whoever's pitching comes up and just starts talking pitching and right sometimes it's just not quite the time and yeah it's just kind of knowing your guys that way and i know i know how he ticks he knows how i tick so yeah being friends and hanging out that it obviously helps that yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought about it from that perspective of you know particularly for a catcher who's the only guy really in that respect playing on both sides of the ball right. obviously it's 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 Everyone's playing defense, but yeah. when you're actually managing a pitching staff, calling a game, dealing with all those elements, to have to then turn around and be able to kind of get over a game that's 70% failure if you're great. Right. Like, if you're one of the best, it's it's a totally different mentality. Um, obviously, last year was so special. Do you have a favorite moment from last season? Um, other than clinching the playoffs. Right. Um, that that in itself you know i had never experienced anything like that on the pro level yeah. just getting just the the feeling of that final out and getting to rush the field and uh, just mayhem yeah so right. many immediately ensuing. so many dap ups so many congrats <laughs> and hugs it's you can't describe the champagne the feeling. afterward yeah um but for me selfishly probably the 13 strikeout game it you was know, amazing that's a that was a lot of fun um you know, it's special when you have your best stuff and your best command and you just kind of know it's one of those nights. And I'm not known as a strikeout guy, so just being able to have one of those games, you know, I got a 10 or a couple 11s in there, but just kind of a staple 12, 13 is nice to have. It's a, it's a whole different animal when you start getting into the double digits and really start yeah. climbing. You know, what is it like for you on a night like that where it's like, okay, I'm not a strikeout guy. I'm not even necessarily trying to strike out all of these guys. I'm just managing my game as usual. And then right. all of a sudden you got guys going down like that. What, What's going on with you sort of emotionally as that's going on? Are you sitting here going, I don't understand what's going on here, but I'm just going to ride the wave? Yeah. It's hard to explain. You know, I, I say it all the time. It's a never too high, never too low right. mentality. And yeah, I remember I struck out six in a row I think against the Reds to start the game and I'm going into you know the uh, bottom half of the second I'm like all right how am I going to get these guys out again you know and I I just think that's the mentality you kind of have to have you still have to have that confidence Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like I sound (laughs) like I have no confidence but really I just have so much respect for hitters and the game and how focused I feel like I need to be um 
But yeah, sometimes the, the nights when you have it, you just know. Yeah. And strikeouts for me always come from just being in good counts all night. You know, I, I, if I'm getting, if I'm ball one, 50% of the time, I'm not going to strike out a lot of guys. So uh, I think uh, I remember obviously not on this level, but as a high school pitcher, you know, I always used to say my, my best pitch was to strike one. Because oh, yeah. realistically, if you put yourself in an advantage as a pitcher, that changes everything. Whether you're throwing 100 miles an hour, or like me throwing you know, 79 to 82 or whatever it's it was. Respectable. Yeah, you know, it was there. Yeah. It was there. It was something. You blew uh, that by some high school Jesus, guys. Jesus could tell you about it. Jesus, okay. I, 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 unfortunately, when he was a freshman, he ended my high school career uh, because, you know, he was a stud. Uh, but... Glory days, man. Glory days. Uh, Let's get to some other questions sort of outside of baseball real quick before I let you go. So this is, I didn't even have this written down. You're a Bama guy, right? I am. So Nick Saban retires. What what are your thoughts, man? As Nick Saban heads heads out, what what are your thoughts on the state of the Alabama program? It's, It's a weird feeling, you know. So I have a group message with my friends back home, uh, three or four of my best friends back home. They have not stopped talking about it. <laughs> and I love them to death for it. Now, I, I am a Bama guy, but I, I wasn't born and bred. So sure. if Alabama loses, I'm all right. You know, right. I cheer for them. They're my home state. You know, I want them to win the national championship every year. But these guys, they know every player that's, that's transferred every out. Every portal they guy. They know everyone that's coming in. And I barely respond because I'm just like, I'm just not on you guys' level. <laughs> right. right. I'm going to let you guys complain and you know, say we're going to win eight games next year. Yep. I'm, I'm just, I'll be the one on the outside. Like, guys, it's all it's right. Kalen DeBoer, he's awesome. Good coach. You know, he is a good he's coach. He's a good coach. You're in good shape. I don't think you're being left in, in poor hands here. I wanted Dan Lanning, but once he said mm-hmm. he was out, DeBoer was next. Hey, DeBoer beat Lanning he's twice last like, year, man. He's lost like 10 games. It's crazy, like ever. Yeah, yeah he's, he's spectacular. Uh, I went to a, uh, a wedding on New Year's Eve. There were two Bama alumni. And so oh. the first thing that played after Old Lang Syne was Sweet Home Alabama. And you had everybody in the breaks going, roll, Tad, roll. Yeah. And I was like, this is a level of energy that I, I'm a UCF guy. This is a whole other level yeah. of, of tradition and legacy. And so all I could think was that the first day of their marriage was the overtime loss. And then like a week later, they're dealing with Saban retiring. I'm like, all right, at least you're Tough. dealing with the worst days of your marriage right off yeah. the bat. That's my view. Getting uh, them out of the way. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you uh, a few players most likely to blank, and then I'll let you get out of here. Okay. So player on the team most likely to know all the words to a Taylor Swift song. Nick Fortes. Nick Fortes. Yes. Big Swifty? I don't know. I just Medium feel, Swifty. I, just feel, I, mean, they, <laughs> I mean, name a couple old school Taylor Swift songs. I might know them. So. That's what I'm saying. But I'll go Nick Fortes. All right, Nick Fortes. Uh, which player is most likely to dominate the buffet? Jesus Lazardo. <laughs> my two guys right off the bat. That dude eats more than anybody I've seen. <laughs> I love it. Uh, which guy is most likely to take control of the ox in the clubhouse? Hmm. Probably Jazz. Okay. Yeah, Jazz usually. Um, Sandy plays the loudest music, so that's good to know. Yeah. Okay, so Sandy plays it the loudest. Like if he's taking it over, you're all gonna know about it. Yeah. Okay. We might scurry out, but yeah. is that a game day thing with him, or is more that of a non- day after game kay. day? When, so he's when, just screwing with everybody else. When he's uh, getting his workout in, got you it. You can hear it. Okay. Uh, most likely to take a week to reply to your texts. Ooh. Who's a bad texter? Maybe I'll say Tanner Scott only because 
No, I won't say that. <laughs> Tanner's an awesome guy, awesome teammate. We've just given him some but. crap. Sometimes he hasn't gone on a dinner or two with us. So I'll put him in that category. All right. I love you. I love you, Tanner. Big guy. So yeah, I love you. you don't yeah, worry. you got to make sure he knows. <laughs> yeah. And then last thing, who's the guy on the team most likely to make you laugh? Brian De La Cruz. So yeah. freaking funny, man. That guy's delivery kills me. He's hilarious. All right, Brax. Well, this was painless, hopefully. This was a blast for me. I really enjoyed getting to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get another chance during the season. Thanks yeah, for joining this, me on Miami Mic'd Up. This was great, man. Thank you. Thanks, dude. And now on this episode of Miami Mic'd Up, we welcome in Marlon. This probably been on here as much if not more than anybody else on this team jesus lazardo thanks for joining me once again uh we'll try to make things a little bit different this time around uh but we're still going to start the same way we always do what is something recently off the field outside of work that has brought you joy um playing a lot of golf Uh, i took actually a nice trip uh overseas to europe so i went to italy um stopped in paris uh, and it was that was a great time. A lot of good food, a lot that of pizza, a lot amazing. of pasta. Yeah, so that yeah. was that was something in my off season that I enjoyed. Eating through Europe is the way to do it. Is there was there like a favorite meal, favorite moment while you were out there? Um, man, it's tough. A lot of good pasta, but um, I tried some of the best carbonara I probably ever had in my life, which was like to me huge. This sounds like an ideal off season yeah. to me. This sounds perfect. Uh, you're coming off of a career year as you head back here to the Marlins. Um, when you reflect on that, when you look at what your output was last year as you come back into this year, what stands out from last season most that makes you the most proud? Uh, I feel like the ability to navigate through the ups and the downs. I feel like last year was a year of uh, maybe starting off real hot, then kind of going down into the dumps, kind of coming back up, going back down, coming back up. So it was a roller coaster of a year, but like the ability to, to kind of weather the storm through 32 starts and you know, finish strong and um, make the push for the playoffs. I thought that was something to be proud of. I know Brax talks a lot about, um, you know, the same sort of ideal, which is just sort of not getting too high, not getting too low. I also know that you guys are really close. So how much does sort of feeding off of him, talking with him and having like a good friend who's also in the pitching rotation like that help you as as a player both on and off the field? Yeah, I think um, like the camaraderie is huge and just being able to like, when we leave the field, still able to, you know, maybe we go get some food or just hang out together, whatever it might be uh, in a group. So being able to have that communication and we talk about stuff on the field, we talk about stuff off the field and having like that, that camaraderie, like I said, uh, goes a long way and kind of knows, it helps knowing that um, someone's going through the same battles that you are. Right. Well, you just held a, a youth clinic down here that I know you do it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a guy who comes from South Florida, how, how, how much joy do you get from being able to welcome out a bunch of kids of all different ages from down here and get to just interact with them over the game that that you loved so much growing up down here as a kid uh yeah i mean every year it's a blessing for me and i love it uh i know everyone that comes out we have a lot of guys come out and help uh, a lot of south florida guys that come out and help which mm-hmm. is awesome we like to get the community involved and have the kids that grow up down here see that we were all growing up and we we're all just like them so being able to to show them that and enjoy with them i think is awesome it's awesome and you know for you guys this year just told you before we started rolling was talking with sandy a little bit obviously to have a year without him is a big deal um to not have him on the mound not eating up those innings and not eating them up in a way that is dominant for the most part um now it's left to you and brax and yuri and trevor and edward and whoever else is going to end up in this rotation at some point this season. So for you, 
how do you plan to use Sandy as a resource mm -hmm. when you're going through the battle of this year, trying to get back to about 200 innings? Yeah, uh, I feel like he's a great guy to like have in your corner at all times. Even last year, um, you know, if you ask him, I th you know, we thought he had a great year uh, leading up to him getting injured, but. Um, you ask him, I'm sure he's a little upset about how his year went. And he was still always there, always very supportive, you know, helping us out, giving us uh, advice for whatever it might be. Uh, you know, me, Yuri Brax would go to him, ask him anything, you know, something about eating up innings, getting in and out of innings quick. Uh, maybe it might be a pitch, but he's always willing to help. And I think him being here around us this year will help us, I mean, an immense amount. Of course it will. And, and what are your expectations for your staff this year now as, as you know, you could say you're the ace of this staff as you go into this season. So you look at all these guys. What's your expectation for you guys without Sandy? I mean, I think we got a great group of guys and uh, we got a lot of um, hard nosed baseball players uh, as pitchers. Uh, we got guys that go out there and, and attack the zone and, and they want to compete. You know, and I think that's all you can ask for is you want guys to go out there and um, work as hard as they can and compete. And, you know, whatever their work does, uh, it'll take care of itself. But uh, at the end of the day, I know uh, all guys in the rotation, you know, might start there, might end up there. Um, everyone's going to be working their tail off, working, working to that goal. So other than eating a bunch of really good food in Europe, what, what was the main thing that you worked on this offseason to add to your game, whether that's physically and working on, you know, a type of pitch or mm -hmm. something there or mentally in a way that you want to approach the game this season? Yeah, for me, it's, it's really of um, being able to just hone in, you know, and, and stay within myself on my stuff. Um, I really wanted to be able to locate all my pitches wherever I wanted to. That's the focus that I've been working on all offseason. Um, you know, we might add a little bit more here and there, but uh, for me, it was being able to command all my pitches in any mm -hmm. count and being able to throw all my pitches at any point in time in the game to kind of keep the hitter off, you know, guessing. Do you have a, a favorite memory from last season's run? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would say the, the Yankee game turned it around when we came back in the ninth. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of what started us, getting us going again when we were in a rut. But at the same time, like the New York, which sucked, but the New York uh, rain delay, uh -huh. which led to like going to Pittsburgh and then we came back from behind the first game one and then ended up clinching game two was like very, uh, I mean, that's that's what brought us together. And I feel like at the end of the, even though it was the end of the season, that's when we felt like our closest. It's really cool that you guys were able to sort of end on that note of, of uniting over something so entirely bizarre, like yeah. like what felt like a travel ball rain delay. Yeah, like it, it was, was insane. completely insane. Yeah. But for you guys, obviously last year was your first year under Skip. Um, and he's so beloved in that clubhouse. So mm. what's one thing about Skip Schumacher that maybe the average fan doesn't know that you yeah. think stands out about him? Uh, I mean, I'm sure people have talked like a lot about Skip, uh, and Skip is awesome, but he, it, he, it's so easy to talk to. It's almost like having another player in there um, in the clubhouse. And um, of course, you know, there's boundaries, you know, between manager and player, but uh, at the same time, he's so open to talk to you. He's, he's so willing to talk about on the field, off the field. You know, he right. comes up to you and, and takes time out of his day. You can tell that he goes out of his way to make sure, you know, everyone's taken care of and everyone's talked to. So um, I think the communication is huge, and especially in a clubhouse like mm -hmm. ours, that we had a good mix of some younger guys, some veterans. But at the same time, we have such a young group that um, not only him, but all the coaches as a, as a whole, they do such a good job of just communicating and being around us. I'm going to ask you to put your South Florida sports analyst hat on now. Okay. Okay, so first and foremost, the Dolphins. Obviously, the season doesn't end the way that you want okay, it to. Yeah. So I'm going to avoid getting sad about it. Okay. Everyone's sad about it. Yes. What was your favorite moment from this Dolphins season? Um, 
I had a lot of good moments. Uh, I was at the the blowout against the Jets, the, oh. the shutout, which was great. That was Amazing. A good, that was a good one. Um, the way they started off the year was good. Uh, first game of the season. Uh, I mean, I mean, making the playoffs was quiet, even though right. you know, unfortunately, like you said, don't want to make it sad, but. Um, you can't be upset. The team made the playoffs. You know, we're go- trending in the right direction. I think that uh, it's gonna only going to be up from here. I got to agree with you. I think uh, I've talked to a lot of people, and it's like, man, there's been a lot of times where gone through some Dolphin season that have not been so yeah. fun. This was so entertaining. I was at hey, least enjoying. A step in the yeah, right direction. Exactly. Yeah. I've, I've had times in my lifetime where uh, it was not fun to be yeah. a Dolphin fan, and uh, but now you can, you know, I proudly say, like, I'm a Dolphin fan. Yeah, yeah right, I right. No, I can proudly ask, say it. I have like, no it's issue. super fun. Right, yeah. exactly. All right, so let, let's move over to the Panthers. Obviously, they're having a really solid season right near the top of the Eastern Conference. It's been Sam Reinhardt yeah. that has been, like, completely out of control. How much fun are you having watching him just take the league by storm as a goal scorer this season? Yeah, uh, I feel like he, he took the league, like you said, uh, by storm. Uh, maybe a guy that's a little slept on, but... Um, you know, if you watch the Panthers enough, I feel like you know that this guy's a stud right. and, uh, you know, he's only going to get better. So um, I'm, I'm happy to see them having a great year. I thought their win against the Rangers uh, towards the new year mm-hmm. kind of turned them around and, and got them going. So Listen, uh, legit, yeah. legit sports analyst over yeah. here. And, All right. Jesus Cesardo, there's a fan out there that doesn't know what to do for Valentine's Day. They're trying to come up with what's going on, what to do for their partner. What's your advice to have the perfect Valentine's Day? My advice uh, to a perfect Valentine's Day, uh, drop little hints here and there. You got to ask questions. You got to maybe write on your notes. You know, you're out and about. Uh, maybe your partner says they like a specific something. Uh, maybe you take it down in your notes and, you know, that way you don't forget. So I'm pretty forgetful, so I like to write things down. <laughs> so that would be my, my biggest key. This is a guy with, with attention to detail here. All right, let me take you through a few other questions here. Would you rather explore the ocean or outer space safety is not an issue okay well, uh, safety is not an issue you just got a chance to explore either one of them i would say the ocean i think the ocean's pretty interesting and I, we don't know anything about it to be honest we know nothing right all right good good answer I'm, I'm glad i agree with you would you rather be 20 minutes early or 20 minutes late to something 20, 20 minutes early 20 every okay. time yeah anxiety if i'm late that I'm, yeah uh, yeah all right i'm someone who ends up running late but gets super anxious when i do that's the yeah. biggest issue. miami traffic that's what kills you that's what i blame it. um if you could invite three famous people to a dinner party okay dead or alive any three famous people outside of baseball who would you invite that's a good question michael jordan um, maybe like Tom Brady mm. and uh, Mike Tyson. All right, so we're sticking in sports, though. We're yeah. sticking in sports. What does your like Spotify rap look like? What what artists are on your Spotify rap? I'm so I'm a little all over the place. I'm more of an iTunes guy. Okay, but uh, I have a mix of like Morgan Wallen, Gunna, to like salsa music <laughs> to reggaeton i mean i'm all over this the sounds place. like someone who grew up in south yes, florida i have my top five artists are like morgan wallen uh i think it alpha maybe <laughs> and then i mean i'm all over the place it's insane what's your favorite interaction you've had with a fan uh we had i mean i've had a lot of great moments but uh we had a little kid last year um Trout, he was always at the games here, okay. and him and his dad traveled out to Pittsburgh, watched us um, clinch, and he handed us all pictures of us and him individually, and it said, like, congrats on a great year, oh, uh, you know, from... man. Yeah, it was that awesome. That can make me cry. Yeah. That's the coolest thing ever. Super, super touching. What a special moment. That's really spectacular. If you could give a TED Talk about any topic in the world that wasn't baseball, what would it be? 
Oh, that's a great one. I'm pretty passionate about a couple of things. Um, let me think. Why, uh, I mean, this is a random No, thought, I like it, good. But why uh, XRP, the cryptocurrency? <laughs> me and my buddy, are. Uh, he sold me on it, and then I'm selling everyone on so it. So you're all the way in. You got to ask AJ Puck about it. But me and AJ Puck can oh, have boy. a TED Talk about XRP. Okay, maybe we'll need to, at some point, just yeah. have a podcast <laughs> that's just you and Puck just yeah. explaining it to me. Because yeah. I know nothing. So yeah. maybe you guys will get me in on it. All right. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm gonna do a few things here with the players most likely to blank. So okay. the player on this team, most likely to know all the words to a Taylor Swift song. Uh, Nick Cortez. Brax yeah. said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the player most likely to dominate the buffet. Oh, uh, JT uh, Shaggy, so sure yeah. He absolutely annihilates food he doesn't breathe when he eats <laughs> your nardi also said the same thing there so i'm glad we're getting multiple uh answers on the same one um who's the guy most likely to take control of the ox uh jazz who's the guy who would be most likely to grab the mic at a karaoke bar oh uh probably also nick fortez <laughs> um and if it's not nick it would be um probably de la cruz brian de la cruz that makes a lot of sense uh who's the guy most likely to take a week to reply to a text? Uh, AJ Puck uh, or Sandy. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Sandy Sandy was saying, I asked him the same question, and Sandy's response to that was like, oh, I don't really you know, text like that. Yeah, we have a group it. chat, I don't yeah. need to really worry about it. So, all right, that makes more sense. And then, who's the guy on this team most likely to make you laugh? Oh, we got a bunch of clowns. Uh, I think Yuri, <laughs> Yuri and De La Cruz are like my two guys. If I need to get a, pick, a little pick-me-up, I go to them. That's perfect. Yeah. All right, Jesus. I'm going to save some of these other ones for another day because I'm sure we'll talk at some point this season. Perfect. So looking forward to it. And thank you again for taking so much time wearing the analyst hat and hanging out on Miami Mike Dub. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And now on this episode of Miami Mike Dub, we welcome in Marlins reliever Tanner Scott. Tanner First and foremost, before we get into any of the baseball side of things, I want to ask you, what is something recently during this offseason outside of baseball that brought you joy? I mean, I had I had my son, but... That's a pretty that good was, answer. That was at a, a really... Uh, what, what, uh, not, a, not, not bad timing. It was like okay. towards the end of the season. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was right at the end of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. So he... Timed it up perfectly, <laughs> but no, he's he's been the the greatest thing. He's with he's with mom right now, so he's mm-hmm. he's having a ball. That's awesome. So, how has it been being a father of a, a young infant at, during your off season? As you're trying to manage, all right, let me be a, a father here, and then let me also you know try to get ready for my next season. Well, it's it's awesome. I mean, you literally have to keep him alive. I mean, <laughs> that's that's what I always tell my wife. I'm like, yeah. I just got to keep him alive. I got to keep him fed. <laughs> And everything will be good. And uh, no, I mean, it's been great. Uh, my wife does a lot of the work, so thank you, thank <laughs> you so much. Uh, but no, I mean, it's there's so much joy. I mean, has there carrying... been a favorite part of, of fatherhood thus far for you in these first few months? Uh, I mean, every day is different. I mean, you can see him grow so much. I mean, if you're away from him for a couple of hours, you feel like you miss something. But uh. Right now he's doing a screech, so that's a <laughs> that's a fun one. Especially when you're at a restaurant and he screeches, and you just look at the table next to you. And I'm like, I'm Please, sorry, I'm sorry. So he's sorry. trying to find his voice. Yeah, that's <laughs> all it is. He's just trying to figure it out, just testing the boundaries of what that those vocal cords can do. Well, well they're high. They're high. They're like, they, they get they get up there. And well, then like, maybe, like, he'll hey. end up, maybe he'll end up being a musician or a broadcaster. You know, uh, use that voice for something I important. Mean, I'm hoping like. He, 
plays golf, you know. Or another left-handed reliever. Yeah, my wife tries to think he's right-handed right now, and uh, we're really? going to have to change that. Yeah, you have yeah. no choice. I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> saying my, my, my wife doesn't really know very much about baseball, but I, I keep telling her, I'm like, just so you know, whenever we have a child, Baseball is going in the left hand because yeah. it's lucrative to be a left-handed reliever. Yeah, he's picking know? up stuff with the right hand right now. So hopefully, so ambidextrous. Just, hopefully, I mean, growing up, I was I was I was ambidextrous, but so hopefully, leans more towards the left. <laughs> well, speaking of left-handed relievers, you had a career year last year. Um, really, a spectacular season for this team. Um, for you, as you reflect on last season, what are the things that stand out to you? that you can look back on and go, you know what, I'm I'm most proud of that. We made it to postseason. Uh, it ended too short. So, I mean, definitely looking forward to getting back to there. And, uh, I mean, we got a great group of guys. I mean, all the trades that came in towards, uh, towards the end of it. Yeah. I mean, we're huge. I mean, Berger, Bell, I mean, great. Um, then we added, like, D-Rob last year. I mean, that him and then, like, Matt Moore at the end of the year, they're, right. they've been in around the game for so long. It's uh, no matter how long you've been playing, you can always pick someone's brain that has been there for so many years. I right. think what Matt had 11 years, D. Rob has probably feels same, like 20 same, years. Yeah, same as that. I mean, yeah, he's been around when, since he was setting up for Mariano. I know, and then became a closer, and it's like you can always pick their brains. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool to have. So pitching in those sort of high leverage situations and helping a team make a run toward a postseason. Do you have a particular favorite memory from last year? Oh. Uh, Clinching, I mean that was cool. I mean we were in uh, Pittsburgh. I think it was this. Wasn't the last game. It was the second it was to last Saturday. game. Yeah. yeah, it was a Saturday game. It was cool because my family. I grew up in Ohio, so they were there. And I'll say that's probably one of the most memorable, just because we clinched postseason, and then I've never been to a postseason, so it was it was really kind of cool. How special to be able to share that with your family? How often are they able to get out to games and and see you at the professional level? Uh if we play in Cleveland, like Pittsburgh, they usually come. They will come down to Miami, but I, I, since we had since we had a baby, I think they'll come yeah. <laughs> come quite often. So our house will probably be full during the season. So that's kind of nice. That's yeah. kind of nice. Well, what do you think you you learned the most about yourself as a player and as a person during last year's season? Uh, what did I learn? That's a good question. Uh. <laughs> You just gotta be in. You gotta be in the moment. You gotta be in the present. I mean, you can't look. Can't look at what happened yesterday. Can't look at what's gonna happen tomorrow. I mean, if you don't, if you're looking forward, not going anywhere. If you're looking behind you, you're definitely not going anywhere. You gotta live in the moment. I, yeah, I was talking with Nardi before about how it seemed like so many different guys in this bullpen had some of their best seasons mm-hmm. ever. So, for you guys, is there an element of you know healthy competition amongst each other, or is this just sort of also, hey? this guy's hot, so I'm feeding off that, I'm feeding off that, and you can kind of, it's almost like when, you know, an NBA team starts going on a run, and it's, all of a sudden it's 18-2 to because a whole bunch of guys started hitting threes. Uh, I mean, you just you, you trust everyone. You trust everyone when you're down there. I mean, everyone in our bullpen likes each other. I mean, we always, we always joke around with each other, and I mean, I feel like when you have that, it's good, and especially when when someone's hot or has a hot hand, it's like... You know, you know they're gonna go in that situation. You know what's gonna happen, and you can rely on them and be like, not have to worry about anything. So it's kind of cool. And then, I mean, no matter who's in the game, we're always rooting for our teammate to do the best. I mean, if you're not rooting for your teammate, it's kind of messed up. But right. uh, yeah, we. I mean, everyone in the bullpen wants wants everyone to do good. So I mean, that's the 
that's where we're at in the bullpen and you guys are all learning from each other as yeah. well and there, there's so much of that that goes into it there seems to be so much love in that clubhouse for skip schumacher your manager oh yeah he's um, awesome i mean and so <laughs> that reaction right there what's something about skip that that stands out to you that maybe the average fan doesn't know that makes him such a special manager uh, i mean he's he's a good guy i mean he's he's seen it all i mean he's, he's he played mm -hmm. and i feel like when you have a, a player manager or a player that turned into manager right they have i don't know i mean a lot of people that manage used to play so i mean his his mentality is is awesome because you you feed off of it and he wants you he wants everyone to be at their best at all times and even when something might not be going your way he's he's there for you and you be like hey you got this so it's it's cool to it's cool to see and then uh it's awesome because uh, you always see him in the in the in the weight room throwing around some weight. <laughs> it so looks like you see him in the weight room. Yeah, he's 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 a, he's a strong guy. Yeah, walking around with the tight shirts on all the time. Oh yeah, he's uh he's he's in there, so it's it's awesome to see. And then I think people feed off that. Yeah, that's that's a great energy to have for you. And then we'll get to some more fun questions. But for you, what part of your game did you work on the most during this off season that you wanted to bring back into this season and say, hey, I'm better at blank than I was last year. Just being confident and trusting everything. I mean, I built off that last year, and I'm just going to try to keep riding that. I mean, mm -hmm. you got to build on what what's there and not worry about what's not there. All right, so you're, you know, have a child now. Valentine's Day is coming up. A lot of folks listening to this and maybe don't know what to do for Valentine's Day. We're looking for Tanner Scott's advice to have the perfect Valentine's Day with your partner. What What's the advice? This is like the first day of spring training too. Uh, <laughs> flowers, and then uh, I'll probably go to the store and get some fillets and probably cook some fillets. See, that's the way to do it. You're you're cooking yourself. You're you're yeah. you're doing things right. Um, all right, on this team, who is the player most likely to know all the words to a Taylor Swift song? I'm gonna look at this board over here. <laughs> A good one to say would be De La Cruz, but no. That would be great. Um, I would love to hear Brian De La Cruz sing a Taylor Swift song. I'm going to probably say that I, I would probably have three. Okay. Then I'll have to debate it. It would be Braxton, Fortes, and then I feel like Berger would know it. Yeah, it, so it's funny. Thus far, we've gotten the main answer has been Fortes. Uh, someone said Berger just assuming he would know. And then I think it was – I think it was – it was either Jesus, I think it was Jesus who said Brax. So all of those guys have already been named, which means you're probably on the yeah, right Yeah, so I'm probably, if I had to go in order, I feel like Burger's got it in him. Um, sure. So I'd go Burger, Braxton, then Fortes. All right, all right. I, I like that we're, we're getting ourselves some options. Who is the player most likely to dominate a buffet? Oh, JT Chagua, hands down. That is the consistent answer. I... I I, he eats so fast and he eats so much and then he's not full he's oh, I'm just hungry it's incredible That's so how funny. much he eats and the guy he should be he should be fat hey, hey, he, you should, said he doesn't breathe what he eats no it is it is it is JT Shagwall hands down no one's close I think this is maybe my, my favorite recurring answer that we've had so far today uh, who's the guy in the clubhouse most likely to take control of the Oxford um, oh Lazardo, mm. bilingual Easy. Oh, so he can kind of cater to both audiences yeah. within, the, within the locker room. That's that's important. Who's most likely to take a week to reply to a text message? 
This board's kind of convenient, so. Yeah, you're welcome. That's that's why we picked this room. Who? Not because they threw us in here with the loud AC. This might be bad, but I I, I think I could be up there. Just because I don't like looking at my phone that often, <laughs> especially when I have a kid. Um, puck. Puck. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to Definitely know. Definitely puck. Who would you most want to be alongside you? During the zombie apocalypse. See, I thought you were going to say watch my kid, and I would say definitely not. <laughs> um, with me. Oh, Burger. Burger? Burger? You think he's the guy? Yeah. What about him makes you uh, convinced that he'd survive a zombie apocalypse? I feel like he knows it's going to happen. <laughs> so I would say Burger. Yeah, Burger. If you could give a TED Talk on any topic where you were an expert. Shaving my head. Shaving I'm bald. your head. I but like that. All right, so what, go with good shaving can I cream. get a little bit? Can I get a little bit of the expertise? What goes into it? That, but if I say what brand you know what? I use, I need the like. I yeah, need the sponsorship. Need yeah, we can make that. I mean, we could tag them. We can yeah, make it happen. See, but the thing I is, mean, we could try. <laughs> I can't guarantee anything. No, it's uh it's just, it's just. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta use a good shaving cream. You gotta use a good razor. If it's dull, you're definitely gonna be bleeding. And I, then the worst is. I usually try to shave my head before bed, and then if I have a nick, it's on our. Uh, right, then it's on the bedspread. It's, it's on our pillow, and then I hear about it, and. You don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that. So, I st I'm still perfecting it. But I like that. I like that you feel like you have expertise here. Um, we'd, yeah, me and Burger, we'd, we'd probably have a double. Just share yeah. share tips. Yeah, yeah, you guys could co-host the TED yeah, Talk. Yeah, why not? It's perfect. Uh, if you could invite three famous people outside of baseball to a dinner party, who would those three people be? Chris Stapleton. Great choice. See, I grew up a LeBron fan, so I, I would feel like I have to say LeBron. Perfect. You're creating a good dinner party. Uh, yeah. But I could have went like Chris Stapleton, Luke Combs, and we went like country. But yeah, I'll you could have just I'll had all Stapleton, the country guys hang out. Stapleton, LeBron. No, not Matthew McConaughey, no. <laughs> Tom Hardy. All right, so you're picking from all all different parts of, yeah, of entertainment yeah, too, can, which is well done. Same you're diversifying yeah. it. That's how you got to do it. You, you go can't with, just pick you all go with the athlete. Guys. You got to go with the the actor, and then you got to go with. But if you're going like musical side, Stapleton, Luke Combs, and probably Adele. Okay, ooh, Adele. That's a great choice. So, are you mostly a country music fan, or are you kind of diversify I listen to everything? It up? Cool. I listen to everything. Um, and then this will be my last question for you. And this especially works because I imagine you don't have a lot of time in your day these days with having a young child. So if you didn't have to sleep, if sleep was no longer something you needed, what would you do with the extra time in your day? Could you play golf at night? Why not? Well, you can't see the ball. Well, maybe what you could do is you could take the stuff that you needed to do during the day in the day, like, you know what I mean? The stuff that you normally do during the day, just shift that to those hours and then you could play yeah, golf. Yeah, but if you play golf at night, there's no one on the course, you're not it's waiting a little for eerie. anyone. Yeah, but you're not waiting for anyone. That's I a mean, big you thing. could get it. I mean, you could get like baseball style yeah. lights and maybe play out But there. anytime you're in Florida, there's just so many people trying to golf and then you're stuck behind the older group. Right. And then <laughs> someone that keeps hitting ball off the tee, which is me, but <laughs> yeah, I would say probably golf. All right. Just so because if I didn't have to, if I didn't have to sleep, and my son still had to slept. I'd right. go play golf. All right. I like it. All right. Tanner Scott, thank you for joining me on this episode of thank Miami you. Mic'd Up. Thank you. And now on this episode of Miami Mic'd Up, very pleased to welcome back Trevor Rogers, who's been on here quite a few times now. So it's, ha it's great to be here with you. Um, first and foremost, before we get to anything having to do with baseball, I could ask you, what's something recently outside of baseball that has brought you joy? 
Oh man, that brought me joy. I think probably just being with my wife and my dog. Uh, so the golf course I'm at back home, it's closed on Mondays. Okay. But you can go walk it. So that's kind of my dog and I's personal time. I'll go and go walk it, go throw her a ball. She'll go and fetch it. It's just, it's like I'm, I'm in heaven every Monday. Just get to be with me and my dog. I love that. Yeah, that great. sounds like a perfectly wonderful, relaxing, oh, like cathartic, yeah. Just really nice thing to do, just hang on your Are you listening to music or are you guys just out there walking around listen, taking it all in? Listening to music and then she'll try and eat all the duck crap that's out there. <laughs> so, so I have to tell her to knock it off and she goes to town like it's a buffet out Of there. course. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the playlist like when you're going on those walks? I remember talking with you a little while ago about some of the music you listen to and being almost surprised, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I'm big. Right now it's like 70s rock and uh, 90s pop rocks. It's like okay, back and forth. Awesome. I didn't think some of the I'd, artists that are yeah. at the top of your list. What yeah. are they? The Eagles, by far. CCR, uh, ELO. I mean, I could, I could be here for a while. Tremendous. Yeah. This is all really good news for me. We have somewhat similar <laughs> t taste in music here. Um, all right. So, coming off an injury, how, how first, how you feeling? I feel really good, man. Uh, like I just feel healthy. I feel strong. Just I'm in a really good spot right now. I feel That's great. awesome. That's great. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling that way. I know it had to be quite the hurdle to be able to kind of get yourself back on track here and get yourself into that place, not only physically, but mentally to come mm -hmm. back this season. So what do you feel like you sort of learned the most over this stretch of time where you now haven't been on the mound in, gosh, I mean, several months? Yeah, um, it's definitely tested my me, my mentality kind of my mental strength just not being out there and doing what we did last year and not being a part of that you mm -hmm. know being in the dugout but not contributing right um and really just learning how to take care of my body even better and listening to my body like ramping up starting to throw more i'm slowing down like i'm not trying to chase velo i'm letting the velo try to naturally come to me because we're doing this for seven months you know what right. i mean and i'm trying to be here for the long haul not ramp up now then burn out and something crazy happened in April and not mm -hmm. be ready you know what I mean so that's something that I had to learn the hard way and it took time for me to learn that and I, I still have to tell myself like slow down like okay you're upper 80s it'll get there it's still early so that's probably the real most important thing I've learned throughout that how, how much benefit do you think you get then from having guys in the rotation like you have in Sandy and Brax and Jesus, who are guys who are so focused on not letting the highs get too high, the lows get too low, and really even a guy like Brax who's like, same sort of deal, like, all right, my velocity is going to be what my velocity is going to be. It's going to come to me, but I, I'm kind of worried about pitching before I'm worried about, you know, reaching certain numbers. Yeah, it's, it's huge, you know, just, just what they did last year, you know, Sandy going out uh, with injury middle of the year, back into the year, and Braxton and Jesus were like, they were our guys all year. They picked up majority of the innings, did a great job. And and then Yuri came in and yeah. was just lights out. That was really, really impressive, really fun to watch. And I just, I just want to be a part of that now and um, really just try to follow what they did last year and, and, and help this team any way I can. So that being said, what are your expectations for this pitching staff this year in particular with 
you know, the obvious, Sandy not in the rotation, a lot of innings to be, you know, made up for, a lot of really productive innings to be made up for. So what are your expectations for you and the rest of these guys as you head into this season and try to go back and chase another playoff berth? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me personally, I'm, I'm just keeping it as simple as I can, stay healthy. Stay healthy and everything else will fall in line. Look, I, I know, I know who, who I can be as a pitcher in this league and it's going to take a lot of hard work. Um, but I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to think about having my body be in the best possible shape when season starts and being healthy. And then, I mean, the rest of the guys, like they're just going to build on what they did last year. Right. Like, Lazardo, he's he's going to be our guy. He's he's the man. He has great stuff. It's going to be fun to watch him. And then Braxton, he was, he was our dark horse last year. Yeah. I don't think people talked about him enough. Yeah, he may not have the velo, but that dude, I've never seen someone – be able to pitch the way Braxton pitches. He can spin the ball, he can sink it, cut it, and just locate and just dominate for seven innings. And that's that's really, really impressive. So I'm, I'm just excited just to be a part of the staff again and hopefully to contribute and watch all my teammates go out and just show. He's such a Braxton, such a throwback to like the early to mid 90s pitcher, mm-hmm. you know, who, who was like that, who it wasn't about Velo, but it's about making the ball break in like seven mm-hmm. or eight different directions where you're able to kind of use that to your advantage and not worry always about overpowering guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think for you on that physical front you've improved most since the last time we saw you out on the mound? Or are you still just sort of in that ramp up stage of like trying to get back to a level of comfort before being able to improve, say, X, Y, Z pitch? Yeah, I, I definitely got back to that level of comfort of my body is feeling really good. Um, and it kind of worked a little bit with a, a new pitching guy that my agency is uh, with, uh, Tommy Costello. Costello. Um, and he's really good just with the, the kinetic chain and the biomechanics of the pitching motion. Mm. Our, uh, our facility is out in Scottsdale, and he was able to be out there, and I got to meet him, get to know him, and just his knowledge of how I was throwing. I threw maybe four pitches just playing catch, yeah. and he came over to me. He's like, okay. I was trying not to say anything, but I, was, I see a couple of things that are glaring out to me. And, and Interesting. And he's like, have you had bicep problems and forearm problems in the past? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, this is why X, Y, and Z. It's like, I want you to do just small, just small incremental changes in my delivery to make my body naturally move the way it's supposed to. And, and I mean, it was like that. That's and amazing. I only worked with a guy for about 10 days and it's something that I'm going to use probably the rest of my career. It was, it was unbelievable. And I just, I built off that throwing wise in my bullpen still taking it slow but incorporating mm-hmm. what we worked on and it's been it's been incredible that's tremendous to hear and you know throwing a baseball is one of the most unnatural motions that can exist in the mm-hmm. human body like especially when you're throwing with the type of velocity that you guys have at this level yeah. so to see that there's something that could bring you that much more comfort cause that much less strain on your body is huge mm-hmm. um looking back at last season obviously i know your frustration of not being a part of it on the field but so many incredible moments last season. Do you have one moment that particularly stands out as your favorite? That's a good question. Um, I think the top one has to be the first cycle in Marlins history. Oh, it was Just awesome. Being, being a part of that and probably the last guy you'd expect to hit a homer as Arias and he hits a homer uh, backside too. And it, it was just, it was incredible to see 
Um, and then, you know, Solaire doing what he was doing. Um, it was, it was incredible. And really just watching Lazardo and our guys and going out there and dominating. Um, but yeah, I think Arias hint for the cycle last year. That was, that, that was, was cool. That was sick. That was it was, sick. it was really awesome. It was so cool to be able to watch and, and so excited to have him back in the fold this year. You know, when you talk about the offense, you know, I, I've been sitting here talking to you only about the pitching. Mm -hmm. uh, the offense with Bell and Berger back for a full season, with Luis Arias right there at the top. How excited are you to see particularly what those three guys can do, but also what the rest of this lineup can do as you guys come back, also try to replace some of, at least at the moment, Jorge Soler's production as yeah. well? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a big bat. You know, Soler did a lot for us as far as uh, RBIs and the homers. You know, mm -hmm. he was big for us. And um, hopefully we can do something on that front to replace him. But like you said, we have Jake, who was, who, who was absolutely hot for us. He was yeah. probably one of the hottest hitters in baseball once we traded for him. And, you know, Bell's a, a veteran hitter he, from both sides of the plate. He, he can hurt you both sides. Trust me, I've tried to pitch to him, and it wasn't very pretty. <laughs> Um, it always felt like he's a guy who like owned the Marlins. Oh, like dude, whenever yeah. he played, no matter who he was facing, it was infuriating from the left side, from the right side. It was kind of infuriating it to watch. Was... It was so great when he ended up here. Oh, dude, I was like, thank God. <laughs> thank God he's on our side now. I don't have to face that guy anymore. But uh, getting Betancourt behind the dish. and mm -hmm. uh, I was, Actually, I was really happy to see Stallings sign somewhere. He was yeah. such a great guy for us, and I wish him all the best. But getting Betancourt behind the plate and – Having him swinging a little bit, he's going to be great for us. And I think Nick's going to have a really solid bounce back year for mm -hmm. us. Um, I've seen that dude hit in the minor leagues, and that dude can swing it. So I'm not worried about him at all. He's going to be great for us. So this lineup's going to do some pretty pretty incredible things. I'm excited to see what, what all these guys do as some of them try to tweak things here and there mm -hmm. and, and get a level of comfort, too. And, and really, having those big boys mash right in the middle of the order is, mm -hmm. is huge. We saw what it did for this team in the final 50 games of the season. Mm -hmm. And to get it for anywhere from 140 to 162 with with at least one guy in the lineup is going to feel real good and i know the way that these guys talk about skip schumacher all of you there's mm -hmm. so much love for him mm -hmm. what on skip like what's something that stands out about him to you that maybe the average fan doesn't know about i i think probably the most important is it's it's that game nowadays where there needs to be a lot more communication like guys need that communication like where do i fit like what's my role mm. and like and just really have that relationship with the manager like you, you need that that's one of the building blocks to building a cohesive team in a unit and i think he was probably the best at when it wasn't business i wouldn't say he was one of the boys because he was still the manager but he was he was willing to come around us and crack a few jokes and kind of be because he was a player so yeah. he, he gets that exactly but like when it's time to go it's all business and that's that's what i love about him like he he can have a good time crack up crack a few jokes and just play around a little bit but when it's time to go it's all business and i love it and it's a good way to look at at how to do this profession in general right is you got to be able to be loose and enjoy mm -hmm. yourself and you're playing a kid's game but yeah. ultimately when it's time to ball it's time to it's ball. Time to ball um all right a few sort of rapid fire questions for you would you rather explore the ocean or outer space ocean if you didn't have to sleep sleep was not something you needed anymore what would you do with the extra time in your day wow that's a great question um 
I'll probably build more Legos. Ooh, you're a yeah, Lego guy? Big Lego guy. Big Lego guy. Love Lego guy. How many like different Lego collections do you have? I've probably I probably have about thirteen. You have um, do you have them on display? Yeah. Oh. I, I wish I had my phone here. I could show you, but I'll, you could send some pictures oh, later. I'll DM yeah, you, and okay. you can send some so I can okay. display this yeah, on yeah, video yeah. for yeah, everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's, it was, it's been fun. It's been a lot. Is that of fun. what you did a lot this off season? Well, off season, and then when I got hurt during rehab. During rehab, I'm like, I need to find a hobby. So I'm like, is that what? something you did a lot as a kid, or is that just Never. something that? Oh, this Never. is just brand new. Yeah. I had like the big blocks that you'd put together and uh -huh. could knock down when I was younger, but. I never did Legos growing up. So this up. is all, oh, I love that. I love that that's something that's yeah. coming adulthood. That's oh, yeah. tremendous. Oh, yeah. uh, what's your favorite fan interaction story? What's your favorite time you've interacted with a fan? Do you have one? Favorite fan interaction story? Um, I would say probably it goes in line with the weirdest thing I've ever signed. Okay. And a fan, oh, I forget where it was, but a fan came up to me um, and it was Bark in the Park. Okay. I can't remember where it was. And it was a bulldog wearing a taco costume. <laughs> so I had to sign a bulldog wearing a taco costume. So I I have that answer locked. So if they say, like, what's the weirdest thing you sign? It's a bulldog it's wearing a, a taco costume. a bulldog wearing a, a taco. I signed it right on the shell. And I'm like, that, I will probably never see that again in my life. It's a soft shell taco for sure. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite Disney movie? Dang. Um, favorite Disney? Is Ratatouille Disney? Sure, Pixar, same okay. thing, same I think, thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I knew it was it Pixar, it's something know. like yeah. that, I yeah. think. I think it's Pixar, <laughs> who knows? DreamWorks, would you rather be 20 minutes early to something or 20 minutes late? 20 minutes early. 20 minutes early, are you someone who like, because I, Jesus was saying this earlier, he gets like anxious if he knows he's gonna be late for oh, something. Yeah. Are you yeah, the same I, way? I, I slight panic if I know I'm gonna be late, <laughs> yeah. All right, um, if you could invite three people to a dinner party, three famous people to a dinner party, who would those people be? Outside of baseball, who would those people be? One of them is definitely George Strait. Love, love George Strait. Did you get to meet him when I he did. was? Oh, how I've, crazy was that I've for you? Because you've mentioned him before. Yeah, I've, I've never fangirled more. <laughs> and, and I'm not the type to fangirl much. Right. Like, people are people, but that guy, I was like, I felt like I was a, at a Taylor Swift concert or something <laughs> like that. Oh, dude, it was incredible. That's amazing. But he would be one. Okay. Jim Carrey, because he's my favorite actor. Great choice. Um, who's another one? This is a fun party so far. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Who would be another I'd probably have to put Denzel Washington. Ooh, he's, all right. He's probably my second favorite actor, too. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right, we got your top two actors as well. All right, and then I'm going to do a quick player most likely to blank with you here. So... You just mentioned her. Player most likely to know all the words to a Taylor Swift song. Oh, I got to be careful here. Um. <laughs> There's been three main answers that have come through so far. Only one, I think only one guy who's been named three times, which was interesting. But I think it's been by default. Probably, I'd say probably Nardi. Okay, Nardi's an interesting guy. Yeah. So I'll tell you, the main, the main answer has been Nick Fortes. Okay. But we've gotten Fortes, we've gotten Brax, and we've gotten Jake I, Berger. I was going to say Braxton as my first answer, but I'm like, I think Nardi wouldn't mind a Taylor Swift song. I like that. Uh, Change it up a little bit. I, I like that you answered that way because I feel like he was trying to make sure that whoever he answered wouldn't be offended that he answered them. <laughs> so uh, who is most likely to just dominate a buffet? Uh, 
Uh, last year it was uh, Shagwa, Shaggy. <laughs> Everybody I, says the dude, same thing. He munched food. I've never seen, and you couldn't talk to him either. Like someone would try to have a conversation with him, and he would just head down, just going. It was incredible. That's amazing. It seems like he's like literally good enough for a sport. I, I, Tanner Scott. <laughs> oh, dude. Tanner Scott just said he was like, I'd put him in the hot dog eating oh, contest. Oh yeah, I, I, he's top five for sure in it's hot dog. A, this is remarkable to me. Um, who is most likely to take control of the ox court in the clubhouse? Jazz. Jazz. Who is who would be most likely to grab the mic at a karaoke night? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I gotta think on this one. <laughs> I can I can see Bender. Bender. Bender getting in there. All right. You know, getting having a good time. You know, yeah, having I a get good it. time, and I can see him get it up there and. Putting a couple bars up, yeah, probably not going to be very good, but you probably I, do it. I like it. The I main answer has been Brian De La Cruz, which <laughs> I yeah. think is perfect. Yeah, that's which perfect. I think is really good. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so last question for you: Who on this team is the player most likely to make you laugh? Brian De La Cruz. Brian De La Cruz. Brian De La Cruz. Yeah. Brian and Luis Arias have been the top yeah. answers on this one so yeah. far. Trevor Rogers, thanks so much, man. So glad to have you back. So excited to get to see what you do this season. And thanks for joining me on Miami Mic'd Up. Thank you. Appreciate it.